Hello and welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast, where we share stories and practices about discovering your purpose, developing your spiritual awareness and gifts, healing from a holistic place, and boldly sharing your unique expression in the world. I'm your host, Emily. I'm a former professor, now spirituality and meditation teacher who is obsessed with living a life filled with joy, authenticity, and community connection. It is my pleasure to share this space and these stories with you today. Let's begin. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Sacred Adventure Begin. Uh, Welcome to the new folks. Welcome to returning folks. I'm so glad you're all here. Today, I have an incredible episode with a hypnotist, um, and I cannot wait to tell you about her. Her name is Susie Day. Uh, But before we get into that, just a little bit of an update. It's so interesting how our um, spiritual sort of being and our physical being (laughs) align. As I've been sharing with you that I've been doing edits and getting kind of focused about like, you know, my message and uh, the message of the podcast and all of that, I have been sort of... um, also experiencing, you could probably hear it in my voice a little bit, a little bit of congestion. And actually right now I have a full-on sinus infection. Some of that congestion uh, turned into this, uh, what I have now. And I will share this with you because I know that I use, I'm not going to say hypnosis, um, but I use deep imagining and um, deeper states of brain waves to access my own awareness and my own healing when I'm in states like this. So yeah, I definitely am taking Mucinex. <laughs> I've been to see a doctor. They did not recommend antibiotics, uh, mostly just Mucinex. And no, I do not have COVID. Thank God. Um, <laughs> but while I am working allopathically on healing this for myself, I am also working on a deep sort of like um, emotional and healing and spiritual level. And one of the things that has really been coming up for me a lot actually in my life, so you can take um, um, sort of a sign from your body, like let's say congestion or nasal congestion or throat congestion or whatever it is. You can start asking questions Like, where in my life am I congested? So how has that moved from my feeling of congested into my body congested? Or um, what ways can I create openness and ease? And uh uh-oh, you can hear the dogs barking because of one of the ways that I'm currently having congestion. We're doing a kitchen remodel right now. I'll be right back. Oh, man, that could not have been timed. (laughs) Any more perfectly as I'm talking about things that are kind of congesting my life. Uh, In shows up the uh, measuring guy for the kitchen cabinets, exactly three hours late. Um, (laughs) And uh, after he had said he wasn't coming today. So, hey. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So when situations like this occur for me in my life, Uh, What I tend to look to do is to look at sort of all the things that I'm feeling congested about. Um, And it could be like trying to schedule social time now that things are opening up. And it could also be um, the house and all the projects in the house and the creative projects that I have going and um, all of that. And then maybe even what's causing sort of congestion um, for me in my body. Like what ways do I not feel free to move? 
Uh, what ways do I sort of feel strained or, you know, uncomfortable? And just sort of problem solving. I'm not going to call it triaging because I kind of think of it this way. I'll look at the thing that's causing the emotional response or the, you could call it a spiritual response, and I'll start taking actions to move those things out. So one way that I deal with congestion is that I will do some deep breathing, okay, for my body. Uh, What does deep breathing look like in my life? Well, deep breathing for me might mean moving some of those projects into the completion pile or putting them away and scheduling them for for a later date so that they're just not on the checklist anymore. Um, Maybe it is hiring someone to help um, clean, or maybe it is making a cleaning schedule, <laughs> which is probably more likely going to happen since it's still kind of covid up here and I'm not comfortable, um, getting help with that just yet. Uh, but those are, those are ways that I start looking at and dealing with congestion. And then I also do, you know, deep meditative work on that. Um, <laughs> which is why, again, I'm so glad to have a, um, expert on today, a fellow academic, to talk to you a little bit about like what deep meditation looks like and what hypnosis specifically looks like, because it can go a really long way to helping people remove limiting beliefs or helping them um, discover new things about themselves, their body, uh, maybe even the sort of um, uh, the deeper things they may have missed that are underlying like an illness or um, any kind of dis-ease or um, anything really <laughs> with the body. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Susie and then we will get into the interview where you can find out all about hypnosis. The amazing hypnotherapist that I am introdu- interviewing or introducing you to today is Susie Day from Daylight Awakenings Hypnotherapy. Susie is amazing and a friend of mine. She is a clinical hypnotherapist, a past life regression specialist, a spiritual hypnosis specialist, a master hypnotic coach, and a transformational life coach. You can head over to her website, daylightawakenings.com, to see all of the amazing professional associations that she's part of. She's published articles, and she also does a bit of teaching, uh, which we've had like many, many, many conversations about. And I'm going to read you the expanded version of her bio on her website. It is written in first person. Be aware that I am not talking about me. (laughs) So here we go. And I quote, While my personal journey is unique to me, it is not extraordinary within the circle of humanity. Like every soul on this planet, I have moved through periods of darkness and light. The lessons I learned through my experiences, however, are not unique. They are universal. Honoring my truth, honoring relationships, cultivating forgiveness, compassion, and acceptance are the highest, most valued treasures in and of living a passionate, purposeful heart-centered and authentic life. I believe there is immense value within the experience of darkness. There is dignity in the personal process of gathering life's lessons on the journey, as there is a higher purpose served and exquisite gifts are bestowed along the way. The gifts of my life's journey through darkness brought me to a place of deep self-inquiry. Coming through the other side of the darkness, I inquired within myself about the ways in which I could serve the greatest good of the souls who were brought within my sphere of influence. 
I inquired how I could facilitate positive change in my corner of the world using my strengths, skills, and gifts gained through my personal experiences. Knowing now that my purpose is to ignite and inspire, I utilize my abilities and talents to connect heart to heart and to facilitate inspiration and empowerment in others by guiding them to their own inner wisdom. Expanding upon my life experience and through formal education, I have purposefully broadened my knowledge, skills, and healing experiences. This has served to create the foundation of expressing my life's passion and purpose through a heart-centered career as a mind-body wellness practitioner. I speak of possibilities and potential. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, that's the end of the quote. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm going to let Susie speak for herself now. So here we go. All right. Well, welcome Susie Day to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am so excited to have you here. Thank I, you. I appreciate that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I think I just almost interrupted you. Um, you are own a business called Daylight Awakenings and work in hypnotherapy, but you also do a ton of other stuff. So I was wondering if you could start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself, your practice, what you do in the world. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I am board certified clinical hypnotherapist, and I'm also certified as a spiritual hypnotherapist, which really broadens the range of, of the goodness that I get to witness and participate in in the world. I also um, am an instructor in the hypnotherapy program at a private college in Arizona. And I do workshops and presentations, part of a mastermind, and um, trying to remember what else there is energy healer. You know, everybody has a big pot from which they draw. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, um, what, what I have to say, my most favorite. Um, that is most rewarding for me personally and professionally and spiritually is the spiritual hypnotherapy um, or any hypnotherapy work. That's kind of, um, that's my juice. I just love that. Can you talk to the listeners maybe about the difference between a uh, spiritual hypnotherapist and a uh, board certified clinical hypnotherapist? Or maybe even I should, let's start here. What is hypnotherapy? <laughs> <laughs> you could ask a thousand different hypnotherapists and get a thousand different answers. Amazing. <laughs> right? Um, but the bottom line is, is Hypnotherapy allows people to create changes in their life that are aligned with how they want to experience their life moving forward. And what all that means is it gives us an opportunity to release limiting beliefs and fears and imprints of trauma, uh, phobias, um, misperceptions and misconceptions uh, by getting the, and this is um, kind of part of the the process of hypnosis is getting the conscious mind to step aside so that we can access the subconscious mind, which where is where beliefs and memories and um, actually illusions can exist. And we can um, invite the subconscious mind, which is an ally, it's your ally, it's on your side of the playing field, to release those limiting beliefs and bring in beliefs that are in alignment with what it is that people want to experience in the world. Um, so you can make changes, um, and it's, it's, there's no magic to it. We all hypnotize ourselves 
every single day. We just don't realize that that's what it is. In hypnotherapy, being in hypnosis is an altered state of awareness. And you can do that by um, daydreaming as you wash dishes and are engaged by the magical colors of the uh, soap bubbles in front of you. You can do that as you... Um, as you become involved in a book that you're reading or a movie that you're watching, or if you're involved in a creative project that you, um, you know, that just kind of places you in the zone, it's an altered state of awareness. And we just tap into the subconscious mind by getting the body and the conscious mind to relax. And then we get to make the changes that are, that the client, that the individual wants. And those limiting beliefs begin um, or the majority of them, the um, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, that kind of stuff is, goes back to the time before age seven when our brains were in alpha and theta brain wave states and there was no level of discernment, there was no filter that, that we got, we were like, we lacked objectivity and mm -hmm. accepted the beliefs or accepted what we were told about us. Like if we spilled the milk and, and mom who'd had a really rough day and was working two jobs and it's five o'clock and she's got food on the table and she's got a cabillion things on her mind and she's got one nerve left and you spilt it or you spilt your milk <laughs> as a little four year, too. <laughs> right? Exactly. You just stepped on that last nerve and in her, because she lacks the tools and the resources, she lashes out and says, Oh, you stupid, clumsy child. And at that age, it's highly likely that the child's subconscious mind went, you know, kind of takes a, a, a metaphorical snapshot of that situation, which in their mind has been, has escalated from safe to unsafe and, or perhaps even dangerous. And they've taken note that they're clumsy and they're stupid and mom's a little bit um, unsafe at five o'clock in the afternoon. And then they've also taken their little four-year-old perception and, and, you know, connected two dots that says, um, and I'm making this up, this is of course, um, yeah. metaphorically speaking, and they've taken the two dots and they've connected the, the fact that dinner time is unsafe. So I'm going to be quiet and I'm going to, I'm going to shrink down and I'm going to eat. I'm going to be, hold my body very still and be very reserved in the way that I eat and try not to spill anything. And I'll eat as quietly and as small and as little as I can. Well, those beliefs that we formed at age four, for example, can still be dragging us around at age 40, 50, 60, 70, until we go into the subconscious mind and say, um, hello, that really isn't the truth. We're not clumsy because we were a four-year-old and spilled our milk. Um, four-year-olds don't have gross muscle control and <laughs> they don't even have fine muscle control. Um, so that's really not my truth. So I'm going to let that go. That was an illusion that I, I chose to be loyal to. Um, and I'm going to let that go. And instead, I'm going to recognize the truth of my own value and my own perfection. However imperfect, imperfect I might perceive myself in the moment, I'm going to um, choose to believe differently. And whatever it is that they want is what we get to the subconscious mind. We just kind of invite it to bring in that truth as well so that they can operate from that truth as they move forward. And that was a really long-winded answer. No, it was great. Actually, <laughs> I, I have a, a couple spinoff questions from this, and then I want to take us back to the difference between clinical versus spiritual hypnosis. But it sounds like what you're describing... Um, I call that inner child work and reparenting. <laughs> can be. Yeah. It can be. But it's uh, also like, oh, sorry, go ahead. It, but see, beliefs, not all of the limiting beliefs that we possess 
are formed before age seven. A lot mm. of them are, but not all of them are. Mm-hmm. And we can form a belief about uh, life or you know safety or, or lack thereof at any point in our life. We can always um, form new beliefs. Um, 100%. Yeah. Like um, if you are looking for a job and there aren't any specific jobs in your field and you like go online and you look like three times and then you decide there's just nothing out there. And right. So you stop looking because <laughs> you have decided there's nothing out there and that you're going to have to like, now you have to redo your whole life. Like <laughs> they, they get it. They get in lots of different ways. Right. And also, yes, they do get in lots of different ways. Yes. Like also from, from relationships, right. That, mm. you know, the, the, uh, the epitome, you know, love sucks because I've been in a couple of rotten relationships when really that, that could be a belief, but there's also something underneath that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does your belief about that prevent you from like showing up fully in the next relationship you have? Exactly. And, yeah. So, um, what is the difference between the um, clinical hypnotherapy and the spiritual hypnotherapy? Well, the clinical hypnotherapy generally, now they can cross, um, they can intersect and cross over. Now, spiritual hypnosis is just, uh, it, the spiritual hypnotherapy, I just kind of, it's an umbrella term that's used for any of this spiritual level work because when we tap into the subconscious mind, pretty much that is the gateway to the spiritual world. Yes. Um, depending up, yeah. Depending upon your beliefs. Right. And that's where the, for me, the good juicy fun stuff is and the ability and the opportunity to really create profound life changes. And so spiritual hypnotherapy to me is um, past life regression, which is also, it's really not past it's parallel because all time is now. Um, so past lives aren't sequential, um, they can be simultaneously happening, but that's a that's the phrase that's used in the industry is past life regression. There's also the life between lives. Like, what do you do mm-hmm. when you're not incarnate in a three dimensional body in this three dimensional planet? And what about, you know, I've worked with clients. You know, this isn't their this is their first time on this planet. They they incarnated from a different system, from a different dimension, and and this place is pretty crazy to them (laughs) and once you know so we can do work around that there's also um you know connecting with spirit guides there's also going back into whatever people might know as the akashic records um there's also um soul um aspect integration um where people have experienced trauma and an aspect of them was for lack of a better term for uh, this is what I think better than soul recovery mm-hmm. because that's a term that I've never aligned with mm-hmm. um, I don't believe our souls are fragmented oh I could hug you right now <laughs> <laughs> when people talk about that I'm like mm, anyway c- carry on <laughs> right and and one of the things about the process that I utilize is I've always, um, wait, let me answer this, the question about yeah, 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 yeah. therapy. Um, so we, in soul, um, aspect recovery and let's see, I'm trying to think of what else there might be in terms of spiritual hypnotherapy, but it's, it's more, of uh, it's soul level work. And because we can be in this dimension, this, you know, embodiment, and we can also be running, the energy from a previous or parallel experience that might be traumatic. 
Um, like, for an example, um, let me think of something really quick. Okay, um, say um, you're in a previous parallel. I say those kind of as one word, really. That, um, I really approve of that. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy that you say it that way, yeah. <laughs> so say you were a mom or a woman married to a man and there was a new baby born and, and, and the man um, uh, is, I don't know, dies of ill health. Anyhow, he's out of the picture suddenly and then you all of a sudden have this incredible burden and uh, caring for this young child. And up until this moment, you've been less than resourceful. Um, you feel ill-prepared and blah, 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 blah. And um, you commit suicide. Mm -hmm. um, knowing that this baby would go you know, to, to your auntie or something, I don't know. But that's a traumatic termination of that life. Mm -hmm. and, you, and you could still be running the energy of panic and the energy of anxiety and angst over a baby, a new baby in this incarnation. And it, it, for example, it manifests after you have a baby in this life, mm -hmm. that unresolved the trauma of the previous parallel life is still running in the background and the birth of a child in this incarnation, in this present embodiment triggers or re-stimulates or reactivates that unresolved trauma from the previous parallel life. So we can do, so you can, you, you can think, oh, this is horrible. I, have, I'm, I haven't been the same since I gave birth or I haven't been the same since whatever it is. And so you come in to work on what you might be considering as clinical side of it, the anxiety, the panic, um, you know, the um, uncertainty kind of feeling, um, uh, off balance and then come to find out after we do, you know, a few conversations and figure a couple of things out that it could be related to a previous parallel life. We go back and we go to that situation. And the beauty of spiritual work is you get to not just witness it, but to actually as appropriate heal the perception of that experience so that you can bring back the resources and the understanding, the insights and the wisdom, and it's applicable to your present day life. And then the issues are resolved there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was yeah. a really great way to describe it. And I really, again, really love uh, that you use previous and uh, parallel <laughs> together, your previous parallel life. It's perfect. Uh, more peas. Um, <laughs> so I, I am curious about two things. And the first thing is, um, so when you're doing this kind of like work with someone, let's say somebody, let's uh, actually take the example that you had. Somebody comes in because they have anxiety in their postpartum. Um, do, are, when you're going, when you're doing the work with them, are they telling you about the past life? Are you telling them about the past life? Like, how does that work? I never tell anybody anything. I listen huh. to what they say. I take um, their words, their phrases, and um, because I connect, maybe this is an aspect of being, I'm an auditory learner, but I pay attention to languaging mm. and um, listen to them. I never tell them what I think unless they ask, right? So mm -hmm. um, my job is to meet them where they are, not to tell them what they should or shouldn't do or what they 
should have experienced or what I believe, I follow their lead based upon what they come in asking for or wanting to create instead of what they're experiencing. So, you know, in languaging, it might, you know, the other day I had a, a gentleman come in and he was, he was convinced that he had, was with his, um, he's been married for a long time and that she was his soulmate, but he's been, dis- he's been disenchanted and unhappy forever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I feel like this is a past life related thing. Now, I never in a kabillion years would have expected um, a blue collar worker to come in and say the words past life in my uh-huh. office. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, of course he's opened the door and we're going to have that conversation. I, I kind of, I can plant seeds or invite an awareness around, but I'm not going to impose what I believe or know upon them. I'm going to meet them where they are because who am I to say that if we don't, if we do the clinical work, that it resolves enough for them to continue, you know, that they're quite content and happy and marveling at how much better life is when they take control and are empowered of their own life. And maybe that is what it takes to transform that experience. Maybe it doesn't take a spiritual aspect of it. I follow their lead. That's so cool. So when they book with you, do they have to choose like the regular clinical hypnotherapy versus the spiritual hypnotherapy or absolutely not? Okay. Yeah. So that you kind of have a blank slate or you let the the needs of the client determine what goes on during the sessions. Exactly. Because what's so interesting is people will tell me, you know, so um, I ask, you know, well, what's the nature of the change that you want to create in your life when we're talking on the phone or when they've emailed me and they want, and they want a, um, a session, they'll say something quite frankly, X, and then they come in and when they're in my office and within my sphere of influence, they off gas. And really what it is, is Y it's not mm-hmm. X, but it's Y. So I might have a general sense, but I won't know until actually they're sitting in front of me and we're heart to heart, face to face, shoulder to shoulder. And then I really know I have a better sense. That's so, that's so interesting. Okay. So I, um, I kind of want to ask you a little bit more about like, again, like what hypnotherapy is, because I think a lot of people hear the term hypnotherapy and they think of those like, uh, mind control musician (laughs) performer, or not musician, uh, magician performer people, or they have this like Freudian kind of like early 1900s dialogue going on in their head like or they've they've seen the movie versions of it like hypnosis <laughs> and so can we like maybe talk about what uh like kind of goes on during a session so people aren't all like picturing you dangling a watch in front of people's face <laughs> you know and I'm so glad that you brought that up because that's the darkest cloud under which my profession um, exist is those myths and misconceptions. And part of the initial talk, you know, the initial conversation that we have when people come in, I always give them an opportunity to answer, or excuse me, to ask any questions that they might have. And quite frankly, they're re- often reluctant to ask the scarier, what they perceive as the scarier question. Um, I don't know if they have this reluctance or this fear around they might hurt my feelings or what it is, but they're actually kind of reserved about asking them. So as a routine, as a routine, I dispel all the myths. So I'll just give you the basic here so that people can have an awareness of the truth 
of the capacity uh, of their it's their own power. I don't have power over. And then they'll have a completely different and accurate understanding of what hypnosis is. Mm-hmm. So I don't have power over anyone. Yes. Um, I have absolutely no ability to manipulate or make people do anything that they don't want to do because like I said the subconscious mind is your ally it's on your side of the playing field and if any suggestion that's ever given violates any one of your personal core values your subconscious mind will reject it it won't accept it you're at the helm you're the one in control so now I'm at, go back to those stage mag- magicians, those stage hypnotists, really, or the ones at the county fairs, right? The yes. The whole purpose of that, the whole energy around that um, is entertainment. Mm-hmm. So think of those people that were the class clowns when you were in elementary school. You can imagine they would have a core value of being entertaining. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Um, I certainly, that's not one of my personal values, so I would not be uh, inclined to be up on stage. But those who are and are easily, um, the word is if they're compliant, but it's not like just if they're willing to go, well, suggestible is a different thing. Everybody is suggestible because we all, we all are hypnotize ourselves, and we've let parents and, and, you know, the other people in our world hypnotize us. Sometimes it's a matter of dehypnotizing people, which is what the, right? So the, um, so anyone who gets up on stage is a willing participant, willing to be entertaining. And there are ways like, you know, that you can put people in trance and I put air mark air quotes around, put people in trance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's there, but that's not the approach in, you know, for the clinical purposes. Um, so the, they're, the people who participate up on stage are the ones who are willing to serve as entertainment. Now, the other aspect is because I have no control, you're always in control and you can bring yourself out of hypnosis anytime you want. You can you have an awareness of what I'm saying. And in fact, a lot of people will have, I call it by location. You have an experience of what I'm guiding through you through and your subconscious mind goes off and does its own thing. So you can have a by location. You can like dual exist in two different experiences simultaneously and you can bounce back and forth between the two and you can go down like you do in in um in you know deeper in relaxation and you have no awareness of what's going on in the moment Um, you can't hear anything you have an awareness and then you kind of have an awareness of my voice and then you'll drift off and do your own thing again so there's a lot of different ways you can experience it but you can bring yourself out of trance anytime you want but most people don't because it feels so good um, to be so relaxed. Um, Let's see. Let me think about the other. Oh, and hypnosis is not new. Mm. It, uh, they've traced it all the way back to the time of Emetep in Egypt. And when there were sleep temples and people would go in um, to the temples, go into altered state of awarenesses for healings, which is I don't know about this. Temples. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You just provided me with a, a rabbit hole. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Here we go. <laughs> yes. And Freud was a student of hypnosis for a while, but he couldn't master it because he couldn't turn loose of because he's control. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. A little more yeah. cocaine, please. Um, so did uh, he kind of, of course, he dropped out of that gig. But um, so it has a long history. And 
you know, Hollywood and the county fairs have done the healing art of hypnotherapy a, a huge disservice. And that's why I say it's the dark cloud and out from underneath. We, we you know, continually strive to, to, you know, bring an awareness around the truths. Um, what are some of the, oh, that you won't be able to remember what, what you experienced. And the truth is that you'll be able to remember it just like you can remember details of a conversation you had a day or two ago. Um, it's not mysterious. It's um, you're a participant for God's sakes. You know, it's, it's, you're not a victim. You're a participant. It's consensual. Yeah, absolutely. And the, but, you know, when people say um, I tried hypnotherapy, it doesn't work. Um, one of the most um, impactful things that I do and that any hypnotherapist can do in order to set the foundation for success is to create, is to dispel the myths mm -hmm. um, and to not leave any fear unturned as it relates to what they're about to experience. Give them all the information. And um, because if you're not comfortable, if you're, if you're fearful, if you're not, um, if you don't feel safe in the environment, your subconscious mind is not going to let you go into trance. It's not going to let you experience an altered state of awareness if it deems the place you know, or the person unsafe. So establishing safety and rapport and a space of um, compassion and kindness goes a lot, goes very, very far um, and is of great value. And that's one of the things that, that I harp upon is um, to my, because I teach it as well, is you gotta, you gotta establish rapport with them. You gotta meet them where they are. You gotta dispel those myths and misconceptions because people bring a lot of them in. I had somebody believe that, um, that they were still under the influence of a, of a, some kind of a dietary suggestion that was made by somebody, I don't know. Um, oh no, that they were still hypnotized by the, the hypnotherapist that they went to see years ago. And it was like, mm -hmm. you know, so the, I never know what, they're, what's, what they hold, but you know, dispelling the basic myths is part of, the, um, part of what I do right out of the gate so that we can have a, a strong foundation from which to move forward. The myth around um, uh, not coming out of trance, getting stuck in trance, you know, it's just, have you ever been stuck in meditation? Have you ever not <laughs> come out of the sleep state? No, everybody comes out. I've done, I do lots of online sessions and there are clients whose internet, you know, takes a dump, goes south for a minute and they just, Within two minutes, we're back in the action. They just reconnect and come back around. Nobody stays stuck in hypnosis. I love that you said that. And actually, one of the things that I find interesting, and maybe I can convince you to speak a little bit too, is that like um, trance states are, um, I'm not going to say verifiable, but the types of brain waves that we produce during different states of consciousness uh, can be recorded and looked at. And I, I find that that like, it starts to become sort of this like interesting crossover area for me, like hypnosis does, um, between like, <laughs> I, I want to say science. <laughs> I, I'm not going to necessarily like claim, claim that like aspect of it, but, but between that and meditation, like this really interesting sort of like zone where study is happening and healing is happening. And I wonder if I could get you to talk a little bit about that. I would love to, this is, this is part of what excites me so much about, um, about what I do, because we are at the point of time 
in, in society where science is validating what the mystics have known forever. Mm -hmm. So um, I include the scientific aspect in my work, body, mind, and spirit. So I want, you know, I understand the brain waves and the neuroplasticity and how, um, you know, like anxiety is a habituated pattern and, and we could, we work out at a subconscious level use, utilizing hypnotherapy. And we also work on it with um, techniques that I teach my clients to interrupt that pattern so that we can create new neuronal pathways. So I love, um, and do my clients need to know what we're doing? Do they need to understand neuroplasticity or how, how it takes a mere, uh, I think it's 12 seconds for two neurons to actually wire together? No, they don't need to know any of that. What they need um, to understand is their job between sessions is to practice the techniques that I give them, you know, to interrupt those patterns. Um, but I love working with what science is uh, espousing in the, in the world now, because we've been doing it forever. And it just, it also gives my clients something active to do as a participant in their own healing, because I guide them, I usher them to the, their healing. It's not I'm not responsible for it, they are. So that's one of the fun things is I get to do give them activities that really are science-based to supplement the work that we're doing together in the four walls of my office or, you know, the ethers online. So cool. So like a, a more, even more questions. So like a session with you would be like, um, what is assessing what the person is working on, maybe what they need. And then like, meditation, affirmations, healing, hypnotherapy kind of thing. Like what, what do you, um, maybe what I'm trying to ask is, can you describe a session to me? <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. In, an all, in all fairness, I could, I'm going to describe session one, session two, or set, and session three sequentially, because we've hit ah. every base that you just, you just covered, but it's, I build a foundation the very first time, one dispelling all the myths and misconceptions and then getting clarity around what does my client want? They, they, everybody knows what they don't want that they can make a, a laundry list or what they don't want. Right. Mm -hmm. But the big question is what are we striving for? Give me the direction that we're aiming. I want to know how you want to feel. How's life going to be different? What, what's going to be so what's motivating you? What do you want instead? Because if we, once we get you know, once we clear the state and it's all meta, I'm speaking metaphorical, right? Once we wipe this like clean, we have to know what it is that we want instead, instead of being in the state of suspension, like exhaling and not taking in a breath or inhaling and not <laughs> exhaling. Yep. So I, we ascertain what it is they want. And sometimes that can take a few minutes. Cause like I said, people know exactly what they don't want any longer. So they haven't really considered what they want. Like often they look at me like a deer in the head, like, like they've never given that thought. They've never been asked that question. What do you want instead? So we drill that down, myths, misconceptions, um, and what it is that they want. And then my first priority with the, with the first session is A, I want them to have their own exquisite experience of hypnosis, not what they've seen on TV, not what their aunt Sally told them, not mm -hmm. what they've seen at the fair. I want them to have their own. And I... And that's, so that's one focus. And I tell them, like I've mentioned here earlier, um, you know, you might experience this and it might be like that. And we don't know how it's going to be for you until we get in. So let's just be explorers right now. Let's just be open and curious and see what it's going to feel like for you. 
And then my other objective is I want to know the quality of their sleep and their current stress level. So we, it depends on, you know, what their challenges are in terms of that. Um, I can give them information on, on um, what they can do, the techniques. And I want to make everything easy. The last thing anybody needs at this point in our lives is an added to-do. Um, everybody's done with the to-dos, right? So I like mm -hmm. to make it easy, short, sweet, impactful, and, and easy to incorporate. So I might take them through a technique that I created that um, helps them still their mind and, and come into the present moment and their body at bedtime so that they can turn loose of what's in the past and quit worrying about what tomorrow or the future holds, but be fully present in, their, in the moment. Um, and I might um, talk about, um, you know, quick three minute, one minute ways to interrupt a pattern of stress throughout your day and the importance of, of being mindful of just taking a moment or, or three to breathe and, and how easy it is to do because everybody already possesses two really powerful tools to reset that stress level, closing your eyes and taking deep breaths, which immediately shifts you into your parasympathetic nervous system, that peaceful state. So we that's the first one. And what that does is that I've established rapport. I've dispelled the, the fears and, and, and myths and misconceptions. So they're comfortable. I can watch their shoulders soften when I tell them the truth about hypnosis. Um, so the fears are gone. They've had their own experience. They come out of the hypnosis and they're like, damn, that was amazing. <laughs> um, and then they have tools. They give. They leave with something in their pocket, not only their experience of embodying relaxation, because it's kind of a reset for your body and your mind. It's a reminder that what it's like to be relaxed, because that's where we want to come from, a place of stress-free. Because if your body and your mind are in that, you know, that fight or flight, no healing can take place. So I want them to be able to recreate that that peaceful environment in their body and their mind. So they leave with a tool or two in their pocket and an embodied experience. And even though my focus the very first time is to have them uh, experience hypnosis the way they're gonna trance because people, different people trance differently. And there might be a different level at which um, they're gonna trance or a different way they're gonna move into it. And so I want them to have their own. So on, and, and I, I believe utilizing every single opportunity, uh, uh, every trance opportunity. So even though my focus is to get them to, to allow them to have their own experience, I also take that opportunity to weave in the suggestions that relate to what they've told me they want to experience instead and what have been their challenges in the past. And the subconscious mind loves metaphors. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's not direct, like you will stop being anxious. It's um, they might throw their uh, concerns and their worries in, in a balloon um, that is biodegradable and environmentally mm -hmm. friendly and send it off into the ethers. And as it disappears, blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm -hmm. So. I've, I've utilized that opportunity. I always stack the deck in our favor. So I kind of, there's multi layers of benefits that I implement the very first time. So there's session one. Okay. Got it. So that clears the deck for the rubber to really hit the road at session two. So they had an experience, the mystery, the mysteries or the mystery the mysterious mm -hmm. aspect of it is gone. They already know. Mm -hmm. They're familiar with my office. They're familiar with me or they're familiar with my face online. Um, 
and so if they're at home, you know, they're totally familiar with what's going on there. <laughs> and so then I touch base, you know, what did you notice different? What did you experience? Because there's always the invitation and the urging to allow spaciousness for new awarenesses and new experience to show mm. up for them. So it's, it's, I invite them to notice the differences as they go forward, right? So I ask about what's different? What did you notice? And, and any challenges or speed bumps, did, did, did you encounter any as you tried this technique that I taught you last week? You know, what, what's new and groovy? Tell me about that. And then based on what they tell me, then that's the direction that I'm going to go in that session with that hypnotherapy and then with the next uh, assignment that they get. So the first session is longer than subsequent sessions because I, I lay a, a saw, I spend a lot of time laying a nice, solid, uh, beefy, stable foundation for us to do the work together. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting here like, oh my God, that happens in an hour? <laughs> no, 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 that's two hours. Okay. That's two hours, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am just like way behind over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so then I always, when they're talking to me, I always have in my mind what I call a PCA, which is a proposed course of action. I've already got ideas of the direction I'm going to take them, you know, what we're going to, what needs to, um, you know, how kind of like the, not the protocol, but the program in my mind that I've got for them, you know, what it's going to look like. And then when they come in the second time and I ask them a few questions, they could have experienced something profoundly transformational. And the reason that they came in the first, in the first place now is just evaporated and they want to go a completely different route. So I'm going to honor that because I meet them where they are and mm -hmm. I'm not going to drag them back to my PCA. <laughs> I'm going to meet them where they are and we're going to go forward in that direction. So it's always very personalized. It's always very individualized and it's always subject to change based on the wisdom of your subconscious mind. So that's two. Yeah. And then three, we continue um, to work and amplify and create uh, supportive resources that are in alignment with their desired experiences, what they want instead. That's so cool. Yeah. I, uh, without giving anyone's personal information away, like what's the like biggest transformation that you've seen happen? Like in terms of like a client coming in and like, it wasn't even possible for them at that moment to conceive that they would be at this point in the future, you know, okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, this was a lovely, they're all lovely souls. I love all my, clients. oh yeah, hundred percent. Just like, right. a, just an example. So people can like, know, like what you, you know, like what happens, like <laughs> what's, what's possible when you do physical or physical therapy, huh? <laughs> hypnotherapy. <laughs> um, there was a woman and, uh, let me think about how her age, she might've been 50 ish ballpark, just to give you a sense of how long she had endured this um, diminishment of her or diminishing experiences of life. So she had come in and I think on her intake, she might've said something like um, she wanted, uh, Oh, um, my life is out of control. That mm -hmm. was it. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then working with, right. And out of control, of course, is, is subject to your perceptions and yep. your personal experiences. But anyhow, she came in and the long and the short of it was 
she had been uh, molested from very young mm-hmm. for a decade. And, um, and then had some, uh, was literally abandoned by an adult who was um, paramount significance in her life, right? So we get to the, all this backstory. And this is a client that I'm thinking about it now that um, I did both clinical and spiritual hypnotherapy with. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting that she would come to my mind. Um, but she always felt as if she was outside of the edges of life. She was never a participant and anxiety ruled her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way she positioned herself in the world, then she couldn't even go into the big grocery store um, because it was so overwhelming to have so much stimulus in her environment. All understandably, you know, related to what she, yeah. yeah, right. But she wanted, she wanted like, I'm the last stop on the train. People come to me um, because they've read all the books. They've gone all to the the therapy, the clinical uh, psycho counselors, whatever their <laughs> words are, and there's many of them. They've done that for decades. And then they come to me and we make changes and they say to me, damn, I wish I would have been here 10 years ago. Oh so my she, God, yeah, that's so, she, so much that... <laughs> Right. She had been through all of that and she wanted, she was like done. She, she's like, this is, I don't know what else to do. And um, I just need help because everybody in my world is crazy and I don't want to be crazy anymore. And (laughs) I want to be able to go into a store, right? Somebody, she had people depending on her. So we did some work around that trauma and um, we did a lot of other work as well. Um, And this is interesting because I had, and this is often the case, I had an inkling that she might have some spiritual entities, some disincarnate entities attached. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, This is why I don't tell people like that's, I'm inclined to believe that. And typically when somebody has experienced profound trauma, whatever they define that as Mm -hmm. um, in their life, that kind of fractures or weakens their energetic field and makes them inviting or susceptible to disincarnate spirits and I suspected she had a few um we call them attachments yeah but I'm not that's a perfect way to describe it (laughs) and I'm not and I'm not going to tell her that I don't you know I'm not gonna um how really how absolutely horrifying it would be for me to say to her (laughs) you know and this right so we didn't even I just observed right And she had some incredible experiences. And what we did, one of the things that I did for her that was so transformational is I was able to, and I've worked with a lot of women mostly um, around trauma, is we get to de-traumatize the experience rather than what I call them spikes in their life. We get to flatline that. Mm. So we don't change, we can't change what happened in the past, but we can change, we can manage the emotions around it. And her abuser was still within her realm. Mm -hmm. So she had to interact, but she noticed this profound change and how disengaged, how she was no longer hooked into anything. It was like flatlined. It was just like, all right, well, that's what it was. And it's different. And I'm, I'm okay. I feel fucking great about myself now. Yeah. And so it, she, so now she gets to go into the big stores 
And she's much more aware. She'll look at herself in the mirror where she was used to wouldn't even do that. And she will own her goodness and she'll claim it. Um, th those are the changes. I mean, that's probably one of the most profound that I've been so honored to witness as somebody who lived 50 years of diminishment from, you know, doing that work with her, de-traumatizing those events and helping her around the anxiety and the fears and seeing her worth. Um, and then she gets to move forward to the next 50 years from a place of enrichment and empowerment and knowing her good and her worth and the value of how she contributes to others in her life because of what she experienced. Mm. And what's interesting, what's fascinating, and this is a value why I don't tell clients when I suspect there might be an attachment, is as people grow into their power, step into it, claim it, embody it, and move forward from a place of empowerment, then they become unattractive to those entities and often they'll wander on on mm -hmm. their own and that's exactly what happened with this lady that's so I never so yeah beautiful like yeah, as she let go of that energy uh that that things healed around her yeah oh that's so I, huge I'm I'm so blessed I'm so graced to be able to a witness the divine spark of everybody who is brought into my office and to witness their divine journey forward as they become empowered because that's my whole focus is after people have done you know all the self enhancement self-improvement self-growth and figure this out in seminars and workshops and books and oprahs and whatever else they do um you know the searchlight is always aimed externally and, and my focus is to help them turn that switch, that searchlight around so that it illuminates their own inner goodness and brilliance and innate, absolute innate worth and value. And when they recognize that, boom, now they just step into their power and it's like so transformational. Yes. <laughs> it makes me so excited to hear that. So um, actually... What I'm hearing also as you're speaking is that you're combining, um, you're combining uh, transformation coaching with hypnotherapy, and you are also like I'm not gonna say like using your like energetic or spiritual gifts, but you're also tuning into your clients uh, like on a another level and allowing the journey to unfold and allowing that to inform how you interact with them. Absolutely. hundred percent bingo nail on the head. That's so cool. Yeah. So how did you get into this work? <laughs> that's a great story. This is one of, this is one of my favorite stories. I want to give you permission to let the story be as long oh. as, as you want it to. <laughs> <laughs> so never in my life did I ever say, I want to be a clinical and spiritual hypnotherapist <laughs> when I grow up ever. Right. Yeah. So I have a girlfriend um, who long ago and far away when I lived in Arizona said to me, Susie, you really need to go to this college. They have a fabulous life coach program. You can go get certified, blah, 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 blah. And I said to her, this is not, this is when life coaching was like new in the world. And I said to her, that's the stupidest thing in the world. Who needs to be coached on how to live for God's sakes? How dumb is that? <laughs> and, but I, you know, not knowing my, I didn't know. Um, she said she was a, um, a coach at a um, rehab at a recovery center. 
And I can understand, um, you know, the value there, but, you know, generally Joe Blow, who needs to, I know how to live. Everybody knows how to live, but anyhow, (laughs) she said, but you do this so naturally, anyhow, you could get paid for it. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Because people have always, 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 always come to me and you'll recognize this as, you know, a, a part of being empathic is I could, I could go into the restroom at a podunk gas station, oh tuck God. back up in a hill of, yep. I don't know, anywhere. And there's another woman in there and I come out, I know her life story and I know the, the sorrow that she's experiencing and the challenge. And I know that I knew that it was a dead end when she went into that bathroom. But when we come out together, we're new best friends as mm-hmm. far as she's concerned. And she has action steps to take. Um, to solve that uh, or to <laughs> move towards a resolution. I don't tell people how to do things. I can give them ideas and, yes. you know, have them come to their own, but they've always, um, always looked or leaned on or found me. And so um, anyhow, so I said, all right, I'll go check it out. So I went to the college and, and um, you know, explored what they had and was like, well, you know, this is easy peasy. I, I had no idea that there could actually be, uh, this could be a career as, mm-hmm. as a, a life coach. And I love the fact that it was, um, it was spiritually based and it's, you know, transformational and, and um, that we didn't tell people what to do anyhow. So I'm sitting down and I'm talking to the academic advisor and I've decided that what I want to pursue is um, the mind body wellness practitioner program because that just sounded so much juicier and I've always been um I've always been woo-woo always a black sheep of the family of course you know (laughs) and I herbs and and plants and rocks and and I've you know I had my babies at home um you know incredible right so I've always been that as that element and what I loved about the program is it brought in the spiritual element to it and the respect and um anyhow so I sitting down with the the academic advisor they were like well let's what would you like to add to to that program would you like um how about holistic nutritionists and I was like oh shit no I'm so done with that I'm so done you know because pendulum swing and I used to be you know the one that ground my wheat berries at home and made my home whole wheat bread and I used to you know blah 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 I did all that it was like done and um so no not interested and um then they said how about um craniosacral work do you want to do that and it was like nope not interested I don't even know what that is don't even want anything to do with that what I've had that have? done right and I have too yeah. and I I did wind up taking a couple classes and I loved it it's energy work and it's fascinating it is fascinating um, but think of how many people's butts you have to touch that's an excellent way to put that (laughs) i'm sure that i'm gonna interview like a craniosacral therapist and they're gonna mention this episode and my snarkiness (laughs) (laughs) and that gives them here's another perspective that gives them an opportunity to dispel the myths about yes right (laughs) so i said no thanks not interested and they said how about this how about that and it was like nah what else you got what else you got and then they said how about hypnosis and i went all right whatever (laughs) <laughs> and um so the very first class um I was you know of course I stacked the deck heavy in terms of my my, my um class load and my program 
hypnosis was at the tail end initially. Mm -hmm. And um, so then when I went into it and was so intrigued at the very first class um, because they dispel the myths and misconceptions and they provide the history. And I was like, oh, it woke me right up. It was like, I'm going to sit up straight and pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. And then this college is you learn principle, a protocol, a who, what, where, when, and why. And then you go do it. Not oh, in a excellent. week. Yeah. Not in a week. Right now, grab a classmate. There's a room. Close the door. Go do it. Right. So it's baptism by fire right out of the gate. So we paired up and I went in to um, do a session on my classmate based on, I don't know, we just learned maybe inductions or something. I don't even remember what it was. And I remember specifically my instructor sitting outside in the hallway at a, at a, like a cafe table that was in the hallway where you could, you know, enjoy your coffee or eat a meal or whatever you wanted to do as a student. She was waiting on her students to come out of this activity mm-hmm. um, when we were done this with the sessions. And um, we happened to be utilizing the um, the massage clinic because they had small rooms where we could, you know, hive off. And so, of course, we have to be quiet in there because all of our classmates are in sessions and be respectful. We have to keep voices down, blah, blah, blah. And I remember as soon as I walked out of my session receiving and giving um, the assignment. So I was a client in one moment and then the hypnotherapist in another. And I had my eyes locked onto my instructor who didn't notice me coming out, but I saw where she was because my heart was so full. My body was so alive. My mind was racing at how much good I could do in the world. Yes. And it was just like mind blown that I could hardly hold the energy in my body and wait until mm-hmm. I stepped out into that hallway. And I remember leaning down at her because she's sitting at the table filling out paperwork or whatever. And she has very long hair. Now I want you to imagine um, in your mind, those cartoon characters that when someone talks to them, usually they're yelling, but in this case, I wasn't yelling. And the, <laughs> the, the energy is so intense that it blows their hair straight back behind them. Yes. Got it? <laughs> Got That's it. That's <laughs> how I felt when I leaned down and heard when, when I went, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> and, and she's like, yeah, no. <laughs> right? She's been doing, she's been at it since dirt was invented. <laughs> And from that moment forward, it would have taken a freight train to stop me. I was lit up, connected. It was like hypnotherapy had been waiting for me to step into that moment. Um, I changed my program instead of just doing the minimum. I did the max. I did the, (laughs) the, the advanced work. I went, I took and did everything and um, so that I could be, receive all of the education that they offered in terms of clinical hypnotherapy, became certified, board certified, not once, not twice, but three different ways. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have taken advanced courses external from that when I exhausted everything that was available there. Um, and that's the name of that game. That's how I got started. <laughs> it's one of my most favorite stories. It's like the clouds parted and this gift that had been waiting to manifest in my world and in my heart and in my soul and my spirit was just finally the clouds parted and it just dropped right on top of my heart and just exponentially rippled out. Um, So I love what I do and I do what I love and there's no division between work and life. There's it's, I am what I do and I do what I am. Um, And I'm passionate about it. 
Um, I love that you didn't fight it either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that you uh, dedicated yourself to it when, when you had the, like, I'm going to call it a lightning strike moment. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, lightning struck. And you were like, I'm riding this bolt. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm going to ride this. Yeah. I'm taking this energy <laughs> into forever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like a, I think that's also like a gift as well. Completely. <laughs> the ability Completely. to be able to do that and to recognize that, that yeah. kind of uh, commitment was, um, I'm not going to say needed, but like that it was co- like you, your soul was calling you to it and you were just like, I'm going to do it. Double dog dairy to stop me. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, also a rebel. <laughs> I learn exactly. new things about you every time we talk. <laughs> so, so like, how did you get to, okay, so you took all the classes and then you went into private practice or did you practice somewhere else? And then um, once you had built a client base, went into private practice, like how'd you get started how you are now? Went into practice right out of the gate. Um do not stop, go, do not pass, go, do not collect $200. This is why I wait for anything. So I found an office in the little town I was living in, rented it. And uh, someone in my community invited me to write an article on hypnotherapy, the benefits or whatever it was, I can't remember. Uh, so I was published right out of the gate and that kind of, um, you know, set the word out into the community. And then I offered um, workshops, you know, um, hypnosis for the classics, um, weight loss, hypnosis, oh, um, stress management, hypnotherapy for stress management. And I would have people come and I would teach them and started getting out into the community that way. And so I didn't, I didn't wait. I couldn't, why wait for God's sakes? Um, Stars are aligned, go for it. So then that I started as soon as I could. Not to say that it was immediately, you know, packed in terms of my schedule, um, but I didn't, I didn't wait. And like, did you experience any resistance from family, friends, husbands, children? Like the second that you are like starting down this path, did, did anyone like ever give you a little uh, about it? Or was it all just like, kind of like ease? Did, did you experience synchronicity right away when you discovered it? Well, um, I you it. There was no resistance. Um, this is what's kind of amazing about the, my husband about our relationship is I'm out there in the world, one hundred and fifty percent on when I'm in the world, right? And mm-hmm. um, never at a lack for words. I'm fine in <laughs> front of people, you know, giving. Um, conference presentations and blah, blah, blah. He, so I'm, I'm like, um, on the heartbeat monitor in the emergency room, I'm the bleep that goes up, you know, I'm out there, out there, out there, out there. And he's my flatliner. He is, he's earth. Um, he's grounded and left brain linear, logical, uh, scientific, um, all that. And he doesn't understand he's, believe me, has more of an understanding now, but back then didn't understand what I do, but doesn't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that it, because it doesn't align with who or what he does or what he's passionate about, that it can't be something that I experience, right? He's the man who, whatever it is that I want to do, whatever idea I come up with, even if it's like, let's take square dance lessons, he's game. Um, Yeah. No matter what he's interested. 
Um, does he understand? No. Does he need to? Absolutely no. <laughs> not. Have I ever done hypnosis on him? No. Yeah. Um, he doesn't, he, he's like, I'm good. He said, I ride a Harley. How many Harleys do you see in a therapy park or in the parking lot of a therapist's office? That's my therapy, my Harley. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw that on your website. We have, yeah. um, we have a Moda Guzzi. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. And I've, I've been meaning to get my motorcycle license, but like, I also know that when we're riding, what I enjoy is being able to look around. Yeah. And I'm not going to have my head up if I'm driving it. I'm going to have my head on the road. And so like, I kind of am also like using that as like my big excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I have to ride in the back. (laughs) Well, you know, riding your own isn't for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But you do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'll never ride. Um, That's the only way I'll ride forever and ever more. Um, Unless for some reason I'm incapacitated. Um, Yeah. I'll go out with my boots on fire before I'll ride behind somebody else. (laughs) I've been riding my own for 12 years. Um, That's amazing. Whole different world. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't really get resistance, but also know that I'm selective with who I share my heart's treasures with. So I don't need external support or validation to do what I know is my heart's calling. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, if I know, like, for instance, my dad and his world, um, and I say this with all the love in my heart possible, they're a bunch of um, his group. They're literally a bunch of rednecks. They are cowboys. They are ranchers. They mm-hmm. are hardcore. Go to church on Sunday. Some of them, not all of them, but they drink beer in the parking lot after the service is over. Sure. Um, yeah. His world would not embrace or or be interested in understanding what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that we can't have a relationship or I can't spend, you know, time with them? Absolutely not, because I have this innate gift to be able to meet people where they are. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell them what I'm doing. Um, I'm not gonna give them all the pieces. Um, you know, they well know that I'm a hypnotherapist and they still, some of them still have misconceptions, but I'm not going to pull up my, my soapbox stand on it and preach to them about, you know, I'm going to give them what they ask for, what I feel their, their hands are able to hold. So, um, and then I've had family members, um, and dear close friends who are like, you need, do you need anybody like to try anything new on? Can I be your, can I be your volunteer? (laughs) Right. So those are the people, you know, right. So I get, I, I didn't, the short answer is I didn't have any resistance. My husband is supportive um, because um, that's his nature and he's just accepting and he's just easy. And, you know, gosh, there, I used to, in, in my library, of course, I have a lovely library, you know, there's books on Wicca and, and, and witchcraft and the whole nine yards. And, and because I'm curious and I explore so many different venues and take snippets of this and that and the other and, 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 you know, and, and I'm like, and he's like, that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything because I'm in love with you, not with the books. I'm in yes. love with you and I don't yeah. care what you do, whatever serves you. Are you happy? Mm-hmm. And I say, yes. And he's like, we're good. Yeah. So I keep doing it. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. 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 Right. And he's my, he's my technical guy. So, I mean, he supports me that way. And he, and he provides like, I, ugh, I don't like technology. In my list of strengths, technology is the tail end. 
right? And that's because of his logical, linear, scientific left brain. He's a genius at that kind of stuff. He, you know, he marvels at the changes that I get to create in people's lives. And I marvel at the creations that he dreams up of in his life and then makes manifest as if by magic. And I do a different kind of magic than he does. And so I, no, I did not, I didn't experience resistance at all, really. I love that so much. Um, yeah. We had a friend have like a little mini freak out once because she came to um, our house and I was vegan um, for health reasons. <laughs> and like, I'm not going to judge anybody else, but like my husband is not vegan and his family hunts like, yep. and so it was like <laughs> hilarious because she like walked in expecting like, like the, the, all of the values that come with being vegan and like <laughs> our, our house has leather in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there there's definitely evidence that someone in the house hunts like <laughs> and it was it was uh, I felt I felt bad uh for for the uh, shock that that was <laughs> making but also like it was it was kind of an interesting I think lesson that like no matter what our values are um relationships are built on like what you were saying mutual respect and not needing to correct the other person and letting them letting them free to explore what they are feeling called to explore, which is like really beautiful. Yes. Yes. And it's fascinating to me that people like I was vegetarian for 12 years and it fascinated me then that people, because they come from a place of discomfort, you make them uncomfortable. They choose to be uncomfortable because of your choices around your personal life. Yeah. So like, for example, the rancher redneck friends and my dad's family is like, why don't you eat beef? <laughs> and I can't tell you how I, I've reached the point where it's like, I'll be happy to share that information with you after you share with me why you choose to eat beef. <laughs> and so I kind of, you know, and then they're like, whatever, this is going to take too much energy. I'm going to go rope a steer, whatever they yeah. do, uh, <laughs> and pass the beer. And I love them all. I adore them so much. Their hearts are just spectacular. Um, and there was a point to this. I'm, I'll get to it. I lost it for a second. You're <laughs> fine. It's so excited. Um, the, what also intrigues me is the people who quietly um, they they have these spiritual experiences that they don't share within their circle. Like mm -hmm. one by one, they get me off and on alone. You know, we're culled away from from the herd, from the tribe, from the group. And then they reveal to me that they've had an experience within a haunted house or they've had revelatory dreams. Oh my God, dreams. that. <laughs> yeah, right? So that's one of the reasons that I don't pull out a soapbox and preach because that gives them at a subconscious level permission to, with their heart, come close to me knowing that I can hold space for them and mm -hmm. offer them something. So it's a blessing um, I, and I think it's a, a benefit. It's, a, it's an element of reverence, um, you know, that yeah, they recognize. 100%. Yeah. I, that's, uh, one of the things that I, well, you know, um, this is my first year in business basically. Right. And my first year like sharing what I do with the world. And it has, um, that has been occurring 
surprisingly a lot. <laughs> like people contacting me or friends being like, oh my God, help me process this. And like yes. uh, people who you would never guess would have a, a thing, but I it underscores, at least for me, how our souls and our psyches long for uh, like a touch of mystery or divinity or purpose in that way, but also that we recognize that there's, there's like so much out there and that we have a desire to know it too. Yes. And to be part of it. And, um, that's why like, I love your work (laughs) and your philosophy so much too, because you also come from that perspective of not only am I gonna, you call it a trap wildfire, not only am I going to experience this by doing this, but I'm actually going to know it and understand it and respect it as information that has history, that has place, that has uh, like a lot of things that go along with it, culture, all of that. And that like you recognize that while also still like combining a thing that is true to you and true to your gifts for how you actually work with your clients. Right. Isn't that a blessing? Yeah. And I think that's so, that's so needed and so huge and so huge. So if you had, um, if you had, or I'm mm, wording this question, do, 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 do. (laughs) Um, what kind of advice would you share with someone who is getting ready to like start down a spiritual path? Or you can answer it this way too. What sort of advice would you give somebody who is like listening to this and maybe thinking that they would like to do hypnotherapy? I guess those are two questions. That's just what I was in my mouth was just open. I'm going to say, is that two questions? Did you want me to? Two questions. I should have saved one for later. They just both wanted to come out. (laughs) Which one do you want me to answer first? Uh, Maybe the advice for somebody getting started on their spiritual journey. You know, and that, that's such a good question. And it's so individualized and personal. Um, You know, I came from, my roots are Southern Baptist upbringing, right? And and I knew long ago that what they were saying, they, like the big people in my life, the adults, it was like, none of that shit made sense to me. None of it mm-hmm. made sense. And so my spiritual journey began, you know, in this incarnation with this awareness, with this brain, mm-hmm. way back then, right? It naturally, I think it kind of, bubbles and uh, brews and marinates and simmers even beneath our awareness as we're experiencing it too. And I think it's a level, it's a matter of like the, the metaphoric veils falling off and then you realize what you're already doing. Yes. Because you're led by your heart, really, you're led by your heart. And I think that there's a lot that happens it's our awareness of where you, what is, that's the spiritual aspect of it. It's not journeying to a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual experience. Mm, I love it. Cool. What advice would you have for somebody who's maybe thinking about doing hypnotherapy? As a career uh, or experience it as a client? Ooh, answer each. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I have become acutely aware of with my years of experience, you know, as in the world, um, as a hypnotherapist and having my own business and witnessing um, all these opportunities, those are in air court quotes, uh, <laughs> to learn hypnosis 
um, learn anything as a, you know, you can learn anything, you know, YouTube, um, everybody will give you a course on something or another is the caliber and the quality of the programs. Um, there's a few of them out there that are stellar. And then there's a bunch of fly by night, quite frankly, um, jokes that that's a kind way for me to put it. Um, so I would encourage people if they want to pursue it as a career to investigate um, the credibility and the history and the foundation upon which whatever institution it is that they're eyeballing. And that's to say a weekend course in hypnosis does not make you a hypnotherapist by any means, um, mm-hmm. by any means. Um, so go where there's a program, a well-rounded program, a robust program, one that has an established track record, um, and one which um, you know is well-established and well-credentialed and has a history of um, successful students that come out and have, and one which aligns with with your heart. Um, you know, there's a lot of NLP practitioners who also do hypnosis and there's a lot of hypnotherapists who do some NLP and sometimes those blend and and then sometimes people are definite NLPers and then some people are definite hypnotherapists. So it kind of depends on what heartstrings are pulled within you. But my encouragement is to uh, investigate and become certain in the quality and the standards of the education that you'll be provided at that facility. For listeners who don't know what NLP means, can you tell them? Neurolinguistic programming. Sweet. Uh, cool. And then the next thing is, uh, well, I, I want you to answer the, the other question two ways. <laughs> if somebody is like thinking about like getting, a, you know, hiring a hypnotherapist or something, what sort of advice would you have for them? But also like, can you please share with us like your links, your programs, what you got going on, how they can work with you as well? Oh, yes. Sweet. Um, what was the first part of the question? Because I totally tuned into sharing my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody's looking to work with a hypnotherapist, like what sort of advice would you give them? Um, oh, yeah. definitely. Um, you want to make sure that that's somebody that you can resonate with and somebody that you recognize as, as holding that space for you um, and that is willing to be curious and explore options and venues and paths to take rather than we do this, then we do that, then we do that, then we do that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that has that cookie cutter approach. Um, My highest recommendation and, and anyone generally who's listening to this, because I know your audience, they're going to, it's got to resonate. Like you're not going to go even in a grocery store, you're not going to go stand in the line of the checker who you know to be um, cranky all the time, right? (laughs) So make sure that it's somebody that you can align with that resonates with you, that you recognize and that, and that um, speaks the words that, that um, land for you. um, And that makes sense and is willing to keep quiet as you ask your questions so that you feel heard because you want to have a clear understanding of what to expect. You want to feel safe and you want to know, you know, how well versed are they in getting you to the, to the goals and objectives that you have. Um, so you want to, f- my, all, you know, I'm heart centered. So pretty much it's always follow your heart. Um, Cause I'm, 
pretty damn sure that heart doesn't lead us in the wrong direction. It's always leads us to, to the right place. Um, and then, you know, another benefit is someone who will give you an opportunity to ask your questions um, without charging you money. Like I offer a free 30 minute consult. Um, if you want to come into my office and, and, you know, get a sense of the energy, uh, get a sense of the space, get a sense of um, me, get a sense of the building, um, ask all your questions so that they can be answered and you can make a decision later. Um, I offer that. So, and I've had a, she was a lovely, she came to me for spiritual hypnotherapy. She was a lovely soul who literally stood in different locations in my office to assess the energy at different portals. Yep. Before she decided, I just was quiet for 30 minutes and let her do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. That's perfect. I love that you did that. (laughs) Yes. And then, right. It's like, because I know I can't help her if she doesn't feel safe. And if this is what makes her feel safe, she's got full reins to do whatever it is. She, Mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. And she became my client. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Right. After a thorough, thorough portal assessment. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and it was adorable too, because it, it, you know, I don't sense things the way she does, but she literally, she stood out and at one point was standing in a corner in my office, like just taking in, assessing the energy there. And it was just fascinating. It's like, that's an interesting talent and ability to have mm-hmm. to assess it like that. And then, of course, I became curious, like, I wonder how I can do that. Yeah. I like you to learn that, right? Always the student. Always the student. <laughs> but it's that, like, open, curious mind that also, I think, enables uh, practitioners like you, like us, uh, to ask those questions. Like, so what else is in here? What else is going on in the brain? What else is the subconscious connected to? And then we end up in these really beautiful places. And because we asked the questions and we did the exploration ourselves, we have direct experience with that. Oh, completely. And yeah. you, and the beauty is you, you are unable to predict where it's going to go, right? If yep. you go in with this this curiosity, you know, of a young child and this explorer's mentality. Let's just go find out. Let's just ask a few questions or let's pretend we open up a window and let that part of you communicate with the future part of you. What would that part say? I mean, just explore. Mm. And I can imagine where things might go, but the beauty is I never can make it up. Like I never, like some things that are revealed or the way things are healed and come together when the dots connect. It's like, I couldn't have predicted that. This is, yep. that's what's so beautiful about the work that I get to do is like, you just can't make this shit up. It's just so exquisitely beautiful and unique. And um, the divinity that underlines all of it, because even if you're the blue collar worker that comes into my office and you've got dirt on your boots and you just want to get rid of this damn anxiety because yep. um, it's slowing you down and you can't build your cabinets on the weekend. I'm still holding you in that and you, they don't need to know it because maybe I've, you know, they've made it obvious to me that they wouldn't receive it. They don't need to know that I'm holding them and seeing the divinity within them as I work with them, as I meet them where they are. They don't need to know that, but they benefit. So there's lots of different layers that go into it. And I like to think that I've always got um, the divine on my side. I've always got a team of helpers and my clients helpers come in. So you know, that's another level of that spiritual element to it, even though some of the work might be clinical. So it's, it's never a, or for my, for me, it's always an and. 
it's always an and. It's this and that. It's here and there. You know, it's up and down. It's in and out. And it's beyond mm-hmm. that, too. Um, oh, I love that. So you teach at a school, too, right? People could actually, like, learn this from you. And then you're mm-hmm. also, are you also offering classes through your Daylight Awakenings? I do. I am in the hypnos. I'm in the hypnotherapy program as an instructor at a um, private college in Arizona, a, a nationally accredited, award-winning college, Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And one of the beautiful aspects and why I love this so much is I get to contribute in um, the the foundational because I teach 101 and begin, and this April is, um, we're going to roll right into uh, 201, the next level, um, is I know that I am contributing, because that's where I went to school. That's where I had my education at, um, in hypnotherapy. And I, it's a stellar program. It's well-rounded, and it brings in that spiritual element without being holy roller um, or entity or anything. I mean, it's like, it comes from a place of possibilities, and we get to explore. And I know that I'm contributing to the enhancement, the enrichment, to the integrity of this healing art as a profession, because mm. I get I get to teach this as well. And that's what I love about that, um, which counterbalances the, the, the fly-by-night. Yep. Yeah. So I get to contribute in a good and positive and empowerment and empowering ways um, to that. So yes, I do teach there. And I, and it's the online program. And then I also teach, um, I always have some kind of workshop or some kind of magic activity going on for Daylight Awakenings. Um, I have, and I'm actually doing a um, past life regression workshop in April. Um, I know April 27th and I've done them in group experiences before and we're going to do it on zoom virtually and it's always amazing. So I guide everybody as a group back to a past parallel, previous parallel life where they get to have a pleasant experience of, of another incarnation. And, you know, one of the, and you can't predict where it's going to go. One of the, one of the um, two of the uh, experience, excuse me, the participants in one of my previous past life regression workshops. Um, Cause I always encourage, although it's, it, it, this format may be a little differently, but in person, I encourage anyone who's willing to share. And if you're not, you're, t- that's totally fine. Um, but I had two people share and they had regressed to the same lifetime. Huh? Yes. And two people who didn't know each other in this experience regressed to the same previous parallel life in that experience. So they, and had we not talked or spoke, you know, if I had, if they weren't willing to share, the other person wouldn't know that they were like, oh, I, that was what I just did. And they looked at each other and they were like, oh my God, we they had a connection. So they had another incarnation um, connection. So I don't know how much ex- how much we'll share, how much people will be willing to share. But anyhow, that's what I'm doing on April 27th is a past life regression workshop. That's so cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with me and talking all about uh, dispelling the hypnotherapy myths and your practice. It was a privilege to have you here. Oh, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for um, hosting me and inviting me. It's been um, 
a little slice. It's been a big slice of heaven. Always fun. <laughs> Listeners, <laughs> if you are looking to find Susie's information, all of her links are in the show notes. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here, for, for hanging out today. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. It was really, really cool learning about hypnotherapy especially as someone who loves going on um, shamanic or meditative journeys. I see so many similarities between that and hypnosis. And I just wanted, again, to remind you that all of Susie's links um, are in the show notes. She is an amazing practitioner. You should definitely go check her out. And if being in exchange with the podcast sounds um, exciting to you, uh, <laughs> we do have a Patreon page, which is also in the show notes and would love to hang out with you over there. There are monthly readings as well as other ways to be involved and to really deepen your wisdom and your knowing as you are on your sacred adventure as well. So I will see you soon.